Welcome to the Electrician Success Podcast. I'm Greg Allen, and this is your daily performance boost. If you're interested signing up to the Electrician Success Academy, we've got an offer at the moment for anyone that listens to this podcast. Use the coupon code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all in capital letters, to get 10% off a lifetime, 10% off any of the memberships. So thanks again, and let's start this episode now. Hey everyone, it's Friday here in Perth, and today we're bringing the charge, we're full of energy. Um, Looking forward to this Inside Response episode. Uh, We're gonna find out some tips, strategies that we're using at Response right now, um, some challenges that we're facing and what we're trying to do to overcome those. And we welcome your feedback as well. You know, this is a community where we can all grow and learn from each other, so any feedback and uh, questions or ideas, uh, post them in the comments below and it'll be great to hear from you. Um, good way to connect and, and share ideas. So anyway, so let's get into it, Kirk. So how's your week been, man? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, I've managed to find really good rhythm and flow with what I've had to do. Yeah. Um, so that's enabled me to get out of the tools a little bit. I, I went and helped a couple of the guys with some of the larger jobs this week. Cool. It's really good, like you get to connect outside of like a, oh, very much uh, regimented sort of work style. Yeah. And we can just sort of, you know, talk about things outside of work while getting work done, which is really good, really important to have that connection with, with the staff as well. Um, because if that starts to drift, then you start to um, lose, lose, lose your connection with them. And I think connection is really key. Do you find that with your power blocks that sometimes it just consumes your whole day and then all of a sudden you just haven't connected with anyone some days? Like yeah, definitely. You just got so much done, super productive, but but just didn't get a chance to catch up. Yeah, it's like you go into like this like dungeon mode yeah. where you block everything else out and you just you focus on the task and you, you do get a lot done, but at the end of the day, you're worn out and it's um, you don't feel like you've actually contributed to anyone else's day. You've yeah. just done what you've needed to do. So yeah. there's, a, there's a bit of a shallow feeling in that as well. Like, yeah, you've done a lot for yourself or a lot of what you needed to do, but how have you actually helped other people's days? You haven't had an impact on anyone else's day. So I think it's really important to, if you need to use that power block day, you do it, but you need to be aware of it. Strategically. Yeah, you need to be aware of how you actually go about doing it. Yeah. I think both like me and Kurt went through a period where we were power blocking every day and getting so much done. And then, you know, we'll get to the end of the day. How's your day? Yeah, got heaps done. You? Yeah, heaps done. Cool. All right. See you tomorrow. <clears throat> then we wouldn't talk to each other all through the next day. Got heaps done the next day, and then we did it for months. And then at, both of us were like, "Something's not right. I'm not feeling right." Yeah. Um, yeah. We're both. So it's so important. I've, I'll actually put a link at the bottom of this. I'll find this this uh, TED talk. It was a psychologist that was talking about like stress. Well, she she goes. Um, you know, I've been telling my clients for so many years that stress is bad for your health, and I've been wrong. It's only bad if you believe it's bad. So it's like that fight or flight. If you think something's gonna eat you uh, or kill you, then you will go into a fight, flight, stress mode. And that's when you sort of, when you do power block, you go into this like, gotta get this done, you know, gotta get all this stuff done and get it all done for the day. Um, but the, like when you, when you don't get a chance to socialize, because actually socialize, socializing and um, releases oxytocin, 
in the blood, it's a hormone, and it, it helps you to relax the arterial walls where normally if you're stressed and you're like, go, 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 running from a fucking line or something, <laughs> then your, your, your arterial walls will shrink and, like, and then that's where you get the tight chest and you've got to get so much stuff done. But then, um, you know, to, to relieve that, you get that human connection. Um, but the paradoxical thing about this is when you're running from a lion, you don't want to stop and talk to anyone. You've got too much to do. Yeah, you're, 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 you're in your little zone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like when they when someone calls you up, what do you want? Yeah, I've got to get back to it. Okay, see ya. And you go. <laughs> yeah. So. So it's, yeah, it's good. It's it's been really good. Like I've got a lot done. Yeah. But still managed to create like to spend a lot of my time reinvesting in. Uh, connection with people so yeah, I think yeah. that's that that's why you get to Friday and you feel like like I said earlier I just I feel like I'm on top of everything I feel like we've had a good week and I feel like really energetic and light I'm just like for, for a Friday a lot of people get to Friday and they're just like oh drained and this week's taking forever but if you balance how you do your how you get through your week you can get to the end of the week and you still feel really energized and, and feel like you can keep going. Man, it's all that oxytocin. Like you're just <laughs> flooded with it at the moment. You're like, I'm in, I'm in love. <laughs> That's what's happening, I tell you. Um, but yeah, we went through that, you know, it was a couple of months ago now. You know, a couple of months ago, we were like, something's not right, we're gonna make a change. And that, that TED talk came across um, my computer somehow, just popped up you know when things are meant to be that you, you find it and that was like all right we've got to start connecting more and we find we found that it kept snowballing as well eh? like the yeah. more that every week got a bit little bit more intense you just like you got to level up you got to do a little bit more yeah the trick is like with that situation you you set a new benchmark of like what you know you can get done in a day and then the next day you're like I can just get a little bit more. I know I did this much yesterday, so I can bank on myself doing that much again today, and I'll just wedge a little bit extra in because I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna really, yeah, yeah, push a little bit harder, and then that just gets more and more and more, and before you know it, it's it's more than you can actually handle, and it's unhealthy to try and achieve that sort of amount of work. Yeah, and you start to, you, it's harder and harder to talk about or to talk to people because you every little thing that comes in seems like an inconvenience to what you're trying to achieve and this is i guess what we should try and talk about now is like and on our journey to success in our business then we've we've got to overcome that where it's not sustainable way eh? it's not no, yeah no way this um you you don't want to burn yourself out like that's and once you realize that you're on a track where you might be like burning yourself out. You need to adjust the course and, and put some strategies in place so that you can preserve your sanity in a way. Um, otherwise work will get on top of you and it will just destroy your life. Yeah, yeah. So what did, what did you do and what have you been doing differently since then to, to make you feel as good as you do today? Like what would you sum up this week to make, to? result in how you're feeling yeah so what i've what i've implemented since identifying a few areas that were lacking is um i'll make sure that i don't spend like more than one day in the office just locked in there on my own no human connection if i can i get out 
go and do a little bit of work from outside or, or down at the cafe, get some natural light or something like that just to and in, interact. Even though I may not really communicate with a lot of people, I'll see people and I'll be in, in the space of other people. I think that's that's really key. Being locked in, locked in a room, just your computer and your phone, you lose your connection with where you are in the world. And if you do that, well, speaking from my own experience, if I was to do that, say, two days in a row, my mood would drop off a cliff come the third day. Yeah. I'd be like really short, snappy, like on edge, stressed and pressured, even though what the amount of work that I was getting done really hasn't changed a great deal. It's just the environment that I've been, that I put myself in. Yeah. So I use, yeah, as much of the freedom that we have to, to get out and change my environment yeah. and interact with as many people as I can. It doesn't mean that I stop in the street and talk to every stranger that walks past. It's just the fact, that the mere fact that you're in the presence of other people and that really lightens the yeah. way I feel. Yeah, definitely. It's, that's what made me feel like when I saw that TED talk, I was just like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about our environment at response. Like we've, we've built our business off of not having a warehouse because we're a service and maintenance company. We've got super efficient stock keeping um, and we've, we actually hire a storage shed where everyone has the access to. And so that's where we keep our big ladders and our, tool, our tools and our chasers and the big things. Um, but we don't actually hold a warehouse which keeps the costs low um, and then we're able to operate mobile on mobile because all of our software and apps and everything is in the cloud and connected so we don't need a server server or an interface or anything uh, and we don't need to come together but the challenges we've come up with is these in the journey to being super efficient super efficient and achieving more every single day it's affected our health as well (laughs) like our mind yeah so uh, i guess yeah, the mind's so important to keep healthy and so that you're feeling good all the time as well because it does encroach into your personal life when you do allow it to, so. Yeah, it's all about being aware, I think, like being able to identify this is what the issue is. So this is, ha- the reason why I've started to feel this way is because of this. Once you identify, it's so easy to rectify. So yeah. It's just having the ability to look outside of, the situation that you may see, which might be, let's just take a stack of invoicing that you've got to get through and it's like this and your mind is just like, oh, I can't do anything until I get through this task. Being able to extract yourself from that zone and just go, if I change up my environment and I change the way that I see this task, problem, however you look at it, then your ability to navigate through that with your sanity intact and like it feeling good about what you're doing is um it that it just makes that whole process a lot easier yeah so what have you got some examples of what you have actually like some strategies that you've put in place to overcome that yeah. so that you don't fall into a it's almost like sucks you in when you start to do do stuff so yeah definitely so like i really do work off that like one day maximum in office sitting at desk so if I do spend a day at the desk without moving, just on the phone, the next day I will leave home, leave the office, go out somewhere and work from wherever I need to. Or I'll go and catch up with the guys on site and just break the day up so that you're not dealing with these 
massive, you know, eight, 10 hour chunks of just you and your computer screen sort of time. So yeah, it's a, it's a strategy where some days the, the, the workload is there and you need to focus and you need to just drive into a task. Mm. And they're few and far between of those mandatory days where you need to drive through a task. Um, and then what, what I try and do is acknowledge, okay, this is my day this week that this has to happen. There's no way I can get getting around that. I have to do it. I'll get it done as efficiently as I can. Being aware of the fact that it could take an emotional drain on me as well. So mm. once you're aware of that, you can also often combat that as well. Yeah. Just go, this is, I'm not going to really enjoy this process, but it's a process that I need to do and this is how it's going to happen. And then once we get through that, the following day is strategized and broken up to optimize as much human connection as I can. Yeah. So just to create that balance. Yeah. So what would you, <clears throat> what do you think like in terms of how relevant it would be for an electrician out in the tools like to fall into the same trap? I guess they've got external pressures then from the schedule or from management. Yeah. Um, so where do you think as a manager the pressure may be perceived to be coming from you down to the electricians yeah. and what could they do in order to not get into that same thing where you, you know, I guess like for an electrician out in the field, if you've got a schedule and for us, it's through efficiency as well, it can look very tight. And if you're running a little bit over a job, then everything else gets pushed back for the whole day. And so you can either approach that in two ways, you know, that's either to stress out and just, rush and push through panic and panic um and what a result of that is you don't talk to any you don't talk to your customer you, you can't connect you can't because when you're fight or flight you're like i've got to get out of here i've got to go i've got to catch back up i've got to catch up for my other jobs and so the other the other way would be to communicate to you or management so what what would you say yeah so like again it's a, the ability to identify the situation that you're falling into or being um, the environment that you're being placed under. So if I was an electrician in the field and I was behind in the time frames and I felt the day's pressure getting to me, it's a matter of stopping and extracting yourself from the situation. It's like, okay, what, what solution can I get through when you think clearly and extract yourself from the, from the pressure of being under, under say, time pressure or um, maybe you've got a really difficult client that's creating a lot of pressure on you they might be yeah. looking over your shoulder oh why are you doing it that way or why are you doing it that way and that can just add to a little bit of stress and being able to just identify that this is the situation that i'm in and then extract yourself think clearly about a solution and mm. the majority of the time we're talking like 95 percent of the time any of those situations can be resolved through communication yeah. so it's like take the time to assess the whole situation and communicate what might be the solution to get yourself out of that environment, that mm. higher pressure, high stress yeah. sort of environment? Um, here's, a, here's a point to make as well. Um, with, with that perceived um, pressure that you've created for yourself, when someone's asking you, oh, why are you doing it that way? Or why are you doing it that way? They're, they're probably just curious. <laughs> they're not, they're generally probably not looking over your shoulder to time you and all that sort of stuff. They're probably just curious. 
So that's a perfect example for you to express your expertise to the customer as well. And connect with them. And connect with them. And if they're cu curious, 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 <laughs> curious, um, if they're curious, then they're going to be, um, you know, that's an opportunity for you to really connect with that person and build trust um, in your service and your ability as an electrician as well. Because the people that shut off in that, oh, stop watching me, like, just go away. Like those people, oh, by turning your back and feeling that feeling, the customer will feel that as well. And they're like, I don't like this person. And so you won't get that good review and you won't get that good customer, long-term customer because of that. Yeah. Same thing with management. Like if it's, it's usually a perceived thing. So just have a think about like what is actually happening here. Is it? Yeah. Is it just my interpretation of what is happening or is it? Have you actually talked to the manager and actually said, yeah. Is so, there a problem here? Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it, it is. Um, like sometimes we might be trying to convey a point or um, a method of doing something from the way I would see it. Now, I would see it from my desk and I can see it in my head just like, just do it this way. Why can't you just do it this way? And this is because I'm dealing with second or third hand information. Mm. Whereas the, this can create like, tension, stress and pressure with the technician in the field if they're standing in front of the problem going, that's not going to work, you just can't see it my way. Mm. But without communicating that situation to me, then I can only go off what I'm envisaging in my in my head off that secondhand information. Yeah. So it, the ability for the technician to communicate back towards me, like I can see how you'd think that would work, but under these conditions, it's not going to work because of this and this and this what else do you think we could try to sort solve this problem or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And that way you start to paint a, a, a clearer picture for the person that you're trying to communicate with. Yeah. So electricians out there in the same boat here, would you need to be proactive about communicating with the manager and your customer because you, the manager will just assume you don't know what you're doing <laughs> because it sounds simple, but it's not. And that's not anyone's fault it's not your fault and it's not the manager's fault it's just they don't see it they'll probably just look at best case scenario so just gotta or their experience it's, as well. it's all based on my experience yeah. so if you someone's talking to me about a situation i can only go off what i've previously seen in the field or previously the speed worked that on. you've done it on yeah the speed that, or the yeah the type of installation that i've worked on and i could be like yeah just do it this way this way this way it'll only take you 20 minutes and then the technician is looking at the wall and just going, there's no way this is going to take 20 minutes. But Yeah. So here's, they'll go, one scenario is you go, okay, it'll only take 20 minutes, hang up. Oh, how am I going to do it in 20 minutes? How does he expect me to do this? Then there becomes this like um, negative feeling towards the management, just like, oh, what does he think? Like, this is bullshit. I can't believe he thinks it's going to be in 20 minutes. This is, this is bullshit. And then no be angry what he's the rest about. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> like... Can you see what's happening there? I don't know if you ever do that, but like an easy, like don't, like we've, we, we try not to have any hierarchical perception at, in our business at response. For that reason, we need to be able to talk openly and honestly and equally with one another so that you don't feel like you're being told or directed what to do, to do things, by yeah. someone that's not even there. Yeah. And it's almost like in that, in when, you take charge of the situation as well. Your customer 
doesn't know, like you're the expert as an electrician and so many electricians will rock up to a job and just walk into the job and just say, what do you want? And then all of a sudden, the, the customer's like, well, I want a PowerPoint here and I want a light up there. And all of a sudden, you've just lost control of the whole job because your customer's directing you about everything. So one thing that you want to try and achieve in every, like this per, it's a personal skill and it's, and it's working with people, yeah. but being able to like stand your position and know, okay, yeah, you want to put it down there? All right, what I'm going to have to do is this, this, and this. You know, you say what you have to do um, and you provide other solutions so that um, the customer goes, wow, this person knows what they're doing. You have to also, like they're coming back to based on their own experiences, like the same as what we just talked about. The customer only has a perception of what they want based on their own experiences. Whereas they probably haven't seen a lot of light fittings. You have seen a lot of light fittings. You're an electrician, you do it every day. Or they haven't seen a lot of new PowerPoint installations where you've, or anything like that. So their perception and experience in the in the industry is is very limited compared to what yours is. So use your wealth of knowledge, use your experience, use all the scenarios that you've seen this work in to provide an alternative solution. It's not to say that you have to do it your way or the highway sort of thing. You don't need to railroad the customer into no, doing not it at all. in a, and don't do that. a certain way. Uh, what you want to be doing is just going, yeah, sweet, that's, I can do it exactly that way. That, that will look all good. But have you considered this other alternative. I think this other alternative might really suit this room or, and chances are they haven't considered the other alternative because based on their previous experiences, it's never come to light to them. So yeah, it's all about yeah, gauging. Yeah, and remembering if that alternative solution is gonna take longer to do, but it will be better solution, you need to communicate costs at that point uh, because you don't want to lose efficiency because all of a sudden you're doing a job and it's taking, yeah. like you, you need to communicate. Tell me a little bit more about why your week was so good. I guess it's um, had good help this week. It's yeah. a situation where everyone's sort of pulled their pulled their weight and, and even more so, like they've, they've put, gone the extra mile sort of thing. So those sort of things are noticed in at the end of the week when you sit back and go, geez, I've had a good week. And the reason is, everyone's put in to a high enough level that the week rolls along and you get there and get to the end of it and it's, it's really quite quite a good feeling. Yeah. Um, the weeks where people are trying to hide and do as little as they can, then they're the weeks where it's hard to pinpoint what's gone wrong, but you just know it hasn't flowed smoothly. Yeah. So, have yeah. you, like, just to let you guys know, we've implemented a a way to create transparency with performance at work. Um, so the way we do that is we've got things that which are detractors, so things that will take Kirk longer to do because of something that's happened in the field. So for instance, uh, poor job notes. So job notes obviously needing um, what you did, where you did it, how long it took, what parts you used without like if we don't have that information, we can't write a good job note and we can't invoice for it. Um, so, and again, like the, the better the job notes, the faster the invoicing process. Yeah. So there's no point the technician writing 
their job notes only for me to open it up and have to rewrite it with both people then the technician and myself have both written, written their job notes so yeah. we've just double handled that task yep it's taken the technician five or ten minutes to do theirs it's taken me five or ten minutes to do mine yep. so a simple task that could have been done right the first time has now taken twice as long yep so what with what we've done we've worked out how to get the the electricians writing perfect job notes so that they, they're not re-edited and it's simply a copy and paste um we've another detractor is to if anything that takes away time and if you've got to work this out with your own businesses um and if you're an electrician think about how you could talk to your employer about this as well like things that detract time will lose points um and then the things that add value to the company so good reviews or anything like that um making like the most out of every job those things earn them points so at the end of the week, we don't expect a 10 out of 10 performance because that's unreasonable, but you know, a, a few mistakes is okay, but we, we end up the week with a score out of 10 points. Uh, you start the week on 10 points, and then over the week, if you're doing poor job notes or if you're getting callbacks to the job, uh, you lose points. If you, get, um, if you don't attach safety certificates or forms that need to be on the, the job, yeah, what we think anything that slows up the process from start from the phone call from the customer all the way through to the invoice being sent. What we managed to do was set up like a minimum job expectancy, like what you are required to do as a minimum, and we clearly outlined that for all the stuff. Yeah. So there's no, oh, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that. It was. It's very much black and white system. Black or white. There's no gray because as soon as you start doing gray, people will find loopholes. Yeah. So it's either a yes or no sort of situation. And we set out a clear ground rules for what we expect the guys to be able to achieve. And then it, it, makes, um, it makes the whole process really simple. So the way I look at um, like additions or deductions of points is I asked ask the guys two, two main questions and it's have you been asked to do this particular task a certain way and then on this particular job was this task done that, that way and there's no there's rarely any rebuttals to that um, and then it also offers if that person was unaware of a particular situation then you can sort of work with that person to better them in that area yeah. just like oh well actually I wasn't aware that that was actually the way it had to be done yeah okay no worries take five ten minutes to run them through the training process of why why that needs to be done a certain way and then demonstrate to them like the positives to the business of it of them getting it right mm. and then also the negatives and how we lose time and efficiency if it's not done correctly yeah once someone understands the benefit and the negative of the situation it is very simple for them to sort of yeah, because you know why. This is the whole thing about, you know, people are taught what to do and not why. Yeah. So teaching, it gives you, by creating something like this, a scorecard, for the end of the week, first of all, the electrician knows how they're performing every single week. It's not just you go home at the weekend and like, how do I do? Like, they get, if they get a scorecard each week and it's like, oh, I've got eight points or I've got seven points or whatever, with this is what went wrong, this is how you improve it, and this is you know why it needs to be done that certain way. We've got us like a, a, a what what you lost a point for, and this is how you improve it form. Um, and so 
and create your own, however you want to do it. Also, like it's not just negative based either. There's there's ways to gain points as well. So yeah, like same, it, right? yeah, in the same situation, they get um, we highlight where they've gained the point and and for what reason and yeah. what component they really excelled at in order to get that point. Yep. Yeah. So, so how do you gain points in your business? Um, and then also um, that gives the person a transparency at the end of the week. Um, that's their private scorecard. But then the positives get, you know, that's private because you don't want to discuss negatives as a group. The, the positives though go on a closed Facebook group that we have, a secret group. Um, and we're, we broadcast that to the whole team. And that brings, brings up the level of everyone because everyone's trying to, they're seeing the other people perform and they're seeing the other people winning points for whatever reason. And it brings this real awesome energy to, to work. And it's, you know, we, and we really do award um, for you doing good things and publicly. So it's really important to award uh, and broadcast publicly with, within the team when someone does something really great and to if it's a something that's you know causing issues within the business that needs to be a private thing so dealt on one one-on-one sort of level yeah, yeah. We, what that also does is it shows <clears throat> to the whole group that it is possible as well um, it's possible to go out there and achieve at a rate of a higher level than, than what they may may or may not perceive themselves so they yep. could go oh i saw johnny did this the other day and he got a big rap for it i'm gonna try and do this today and oh yeah there we go it works oh look at that so yeah it's um yeah yeah once someone proves that it can be done it's very easy for other people to pick up the baton and go oh i'm gonna give that a try too yeah the guys when they post it as well and the girls <laughs> they when they post it uh up onto the facebook group they say how they did it as well so everyone can learn from it and it's a real nurturing way to you know because a big thing with high performance mindset is providing a, a an environment where people can uh feed off each other um so that's the mirror neurons it's the same thing in i, I don't know if you've ever had uh seen when someone starts to screams and then runs you run too and you're like why am i running <laughs> so, and that's the mirror neurons that's built into us. It's a natural thing. The same thing as if you're in a group of friends and one person starts to put on 10 kilos you know, over time, then it's, it's the statistics show that the other friends will put on weight as well. And it's just, that's the mirror neurons taking its play. So how do you create an environment where everyone is looking to go to that next level and pushing and helping each other grow and creating that environment where everyone's, you know, wants to be a part of that as well it's really important that everyone wants to be a part of it because if you just say this is what's happening deal with it you're going to have a bit of a issue yeah you can get negative feedback there and that that situation non-contribution yeah, yeah replicated time and time again throughout all aspects of life like if you were to look at say um elite sports people they don't you don't see usain bolt you know training down at the local 100 meter track at little athletics he surrounds himself with high achieving athletes that can run sub 10 seconds yeah. because if he's not there then he won't he won't be pushed to his highest performance yeah so you surround yourselves by people that are going to challenge you and motivate you to push harder and and the results come from yeah i think it's really important also to think about 
what is the consequences of the actions being done at work so if there's if someone's if there's been a roadblock because of you out in the field <clears throat> what is the consequence do you take that on personally and say well i'm not going to do that again because if i do that again i'm going to feel bad is that something you actually do or you go oh it doesn't matter it's not you know it's not my business i don't care there's no consequence there so you're not going to change so it's about creating those consequences uh, and sometimes like as a business as well we had to create that consequence and it was black and white there was no gray and it's clear cut and if you did it right then you get the points if you did it wrong you don't get the points everyone starts on 100 percent at the start of the week and you're 100 percent and it's if it's a mistake that you've made then you know that's where it starts to move backwards but that's that's a it's not to it's not been designed to tell the person off it's designed yeah. to help them improve yeah it's purely 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 for that it's purely to go we've identified because this is transparent now exactly what your actions have done and this is the consequence because of your actions this is the effect that that has had and then um yeah that's happened yeah. through that way it allows the individual to take ownership for that as well and yeah and be like I see where I, I see what the problem is now. I understand the problem, and I can move forward and try and better myself or better my performance for on the back of knowing this. Yeah. But without knowing, like yeah, well, there, there, yeah. Could, there, there would have been like previously, like we would have had countless different little indiscretions that were just part of day to day operating. Yeah. Of the business, but we never took the time to identify them properly and attribute some sort of responsibility or consequence to yep. that yep. action. So they were just part and parcel of running the business and they don't have to be. Mm. You can use them as a positive tool to in, uh, increase your performance. Yeah. So those, those things that we just maybe used to just fumble over and accept for being there because they were always there. Yeah actually turned the microscope inside and, and yeah highlighted them and then now they're actually driving force as far as our productivity and efficiencies go yeah yeah if you like ask yourself right now do do you absorb some of the inefficiencies at work because you don't have to and we're proof like because we, we were there we're in the same position as you were and we were like can we talk about a little bit the set the scene like what was it like Kirk before <laughs> before the scorecard system and now that we've implemented what's it like now so there's a there's a little bit of data where we're like um, we were looking at let's just say it's hard to put a time frame on it um, there's probably I'd say around that sort of six hours a week of my time that was being absorbed by dealing with minor errors yeah that, it's like tell me what what are those minor errors so though? poor job notes uh missing attachments so let's run through poor job notes what was the effect and how long did it take you to fix it okay so you get you get a set of you, you i sit down to do some invoicing so i've opened the job up the job notes are poorly written um Left with questions. Left with left with a lot of questions as to what I'm actually needing to bill for, how long I need to bill for, what materials we use, all those sort of little Where things. Where they installed it. 
all the all the little questions that you know the customer will ask once once they receive once they receive the invoice. So you can't send the invoice. So what what I would have to do there is start doing the invoice, stop doing the invoice. Either call the technician. Yeah. Try and get through. Can't get through. Okay, no worries. Hang up. I'll just move on to the next one, and then twenty minutes later, call I get me a call back. Or oh, right, I've got to go back and find this job that I was invoicing before. Open it up, only to have get rattle off the answers to the questions. Boom. So all this time, and that's replicated job after job after job after job, and you just you just got nowhere with it. So that's just job notes. Yeah. What's the second one? Uh, <laughs> attachments. So like your safety certificate and stuff like that. These are like critical pieces of um, documentation that some of our customers require and without it the invoice is void so uh, there's no point in invoicing something if you don't have the right attachments so electrical safety certificates you know test sheets that sort of stuff all sorts of things like yep. that um, so not attaching that I would do up the whole invoice I'd be ready to go ready to hit send and don't have the attachment to attach to it. So you can't send it? Can't send it. So the job is 99% completed and then I have to stop and the same process. Call, why haven't you done this? Can you please do it? Then what that does to the technician in the field, they'll be in the roof. I'll they'll have to get out of the roof, go down to the van, redo the safety certificate or something like that. Yeah, Re take photo. Reattach it. So it's taken time out of my time. It's interrupted what they're doing. So it's taken time out of there. So their inefficiency on the day is so is one piece and then my inefficiency is another piece so yeah yeah there's so many hours of my time which would then be doubled because whatever time it takes extra time it takes me i'm interrupting the guys on their day to do so we're probably looking at closer to yeah 12 to 14 hours a week of just time that was chewed up by sort of meaningless errors let's keep going through them so i want you guys to see like what we lose points for in at response and the effect and why so what's the when you when you hit with this issue which is a time stopper what is it so we've done job notes we've done attachments so you've seen how the electrician has to get out redo it send it off you know and then let the manager know again so or kirk know in this case and then callbacks yeah, callbacks is another one we covered it earlier, and um, yeah, it's just the negative impact that has on the business is phenomenal when you break it down, um, and it's so like ninety five percent of the time they're so easily avoidable. It's just a matter of communicating with the customer while you're there to ensure that everything's all right. Yeah, and checking everything's working. And testing and checking. It's it's a simple stuff that people often rush through and. Um, it's yeah there's no no real explanation or excuse for not doing it correctly yeah so yeah, that's that's another one uh, so you stop what you're doing then you you get a call from the customer unhappy then you've got to you've got to talk them through and calm them down and then you've got to re and then usually you have to rebook the job um pretty quick because they're like not happy so it's like we'll get right out there you have to stop what you were going to do you have to send your electrician out to the call out and you, you have to go and do the call out for, for free if it's something that they've made a mistake with, yep. um, which in the meantime is you're losing money because you're paying, you're still paying all the expenses of the business, 
but you're not out on a job where you're actually making money either, and that job gets pushed back and puts pressure on everyone in the whole team. So lose two points for that. Yeah, so yeah, callbacks are pretty, a pretty big one. Um, it's expensive and time consuming. Yeah, that one. And you have a negative customer, so yeah. the, it's it's the holy grail. So but you can thing. spin it around and make them happy. Like you can, and a good service company and a good like good service customer service in general is reacting quickly to that, apologizing, like we said before, and actually getting back and fixing it, and then they become happy again. Yeah. But it's expensive, <laughs> like for the business to get a happy customer out of that what was an unhappy one. So leading on from that, we've got a poor customer review. So if we get, again, an interruption, I get a phone call from a customer who's not quite happy because of something as simple as not cleaning up after they've completed the work. Yep. Oh, look, I've, uh, I'm happy to pay the invoice and everything. I just wanted to let you know, the boys left a pretty sizable mess that I had to clean up. That's and then from there, that's an inexcusable, inexcusable error, really. It's something that if you'd checked and tested your work properly, you would have seen the mess. You yep. would have been able to clean it up. And it's just um, courtesy, really. It's it's looking after your customer. Would, it, would you do that in your own home or business? Like, no. Would you leave that sort of mess? So the impact you've got there is unhappy customer calling up, don't want us to come back out. They're going to stay unhappy. Um, and then you've got the negative impact that unhappy customers are 10 times more likely to talk about that bad experience than a good one. Yeah. So all the, just count your last 10 jobs of good jobs wiped out by that one bad one. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very hard thing to measure as well. You don't know what that customer, the, neg- the negative effects of that customer being not happy with your service could have on the business. If it was you, a positive experience, they might have gone to their friend who has a $100,000 job yeah. and said, just use these guys, don't even get another quote. They are amazing, but you've lost out on it and we never, you can't track that, you can't measure that. Yeah. Um, another one's uh, like gaps in our schedule um, or dead time, missing time. The guys call it a few different things, um, but where from the management portal, we don't, 100% know what the guys are doing with that time in their day. So there's a gap unaccounted for. We expect the guys to be able to put something into the schedule, say, all right, I'll, what I'm doing between this time and this time is X. Yeah. So effectively, what we need to try and do in terms of your cost structure is if you're paying someone eight hours in the day, you should be able to charge for eight hours or more. So if you don't, then you're losing money and that money you lose is straight off the profit. And if you're only making five to 10% profit, then net profit, then that 5% loss in the day, or let's say 10%, so which would be like 40 minutes, then that's wiped out, you don't make it. So that's, that's how you sort of work out that cost structure and that check out the cost productivity matrix um, lesson as well because that explains it a bit more in detail with it. Yeah, and for the most part, the guys are being productive in that time, but it's non-billable. So they might be, you know, getting stock or uh, um, ordering parts, th- things like that. But without that transparency and letting us know that's what they're doing for that period of time, then we can only see it as dead time or missing. No, and time. we can't charge for it. Yeah, you need to charge for it. 
You can't just go, oh, look, dead time. See no, ya. Nothing there. Like you have to put that on the job and you have to communicate that with the customer that I'm going to have to go and get parts or this is going to take me longer to get this part or you build it into the price you give them because that is something you have to go and do and it's part of that job. So don't go and just absorb dead time dead time into your business because that's straight off your profit on top and that's what keeps you employed as electricians like if you don't make profit you can't keep the business running yeah you have to and that means loss of jobs and times are tough at the moment so it's really important that you account you're able as the electrician out there to account for all of those hours that you're on the road and you're being paid for so if you're getting paid for eight hours can you go back over your day and say i was chargeable from and if you're working on site on the construction site for eight hours then you write eight hours on your day and that's sweet and the, the company will charge for eight hours and that's all built into the margins but when you're traveling between jobs that's what a call out's for you need to have a call out to account for unless you charge from the moment that you leave this job before on all the way through to the end of the job you need the call outs designed to like cover the gaps. cover the gaps in your day because service businesses they have to drive around between jobs you're not on site all day and you can't charge for all that so um something to consider yeah uh, another one we'll lose points for is inspectors orders so that's pretty clear cut um but they lose a fair whack of points for that there's no real reason why you need to be completing work that doesn't meet the standards um qualified electrician needs to be a um, aware of the standards and At least the regulations. You know how to do the job. And you need, as there, an electrician, there's no there's no hiding from that either. It's a again, everything we do is black and white. So if we get an inspector's order, five as, points. As finicky as it is, how many points they lose? That's yeah, not good. <laughs> as as um, minor the defect might be, um, it's still a defect. It still doesn't meet the standard, and they need to go and rectify it. So. It counts as a callback as well. So you've got, again, all that dead time that comes with the callback, plus the embarrassment of having the inspector have to write you up a notice. And that the work that the electrician did wasn't to standard yeah. and could be unsafe or dangerous to the occupant of the building. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. That is so, so important. Do it to the standard know your regulations, know your standards, and do it correctly because you're just putting other people's lives at risk and families at risk. And how do you feel if the work that you did before the inspector went out and checked it, like electrocuted someone, and then that family's lost that family member because of your work. Things like no MEN, bad earthing, putting in a metal fitting with no earth, like. Fuck, don't fucking do that. That's bullshit. So think about the consequence of you cutting corners and going, oh, I just got to get out of here. Rushing, shit, I got to get out of here. I got to, you know, I just got to get out of here. Test your work, install it correctly, do it to standard. Think about the consequences if you don't. Very important. Yeah. Five points. <laughs> <laughs> Five points. So that's pretty much the negative. That's, about, that's how they, uh, that's how guys can lose points. Yeah, so just wanted to make it real clear, like when you're designing, like you like, don't just copy us, sit down, think about what are the things, what are the inefficiencies, what are the things that are slowing down 
um, your, business. your business and it could be totally different but I'm sure you can think about ways that this could work for you. Um, and then what are the things that your electricians can provide value to the business as well um, and give them points for that or you know going out of their way to do something special for a customer or um, going in for us cleaning the storage shed organizing it and writing down all of the stock in there without having to be asked with, to. without being asked so going that that's called a superstar point for us and it's like when you wow what what just happened that's amazing <laughs> like when you exceed the expectation yeah so exceeding we, set, expectation. we set the expectation and if you fall below you lose a point and if you manage to find a way to exceed the expectation line then you're entitled to some extra points extra points yeah and then you know incentivize that as well like find out ways to incentivize it might be buying a carton for for the winner or however you want to do it um, reward the people that are putting in the extra yards and, and really giving back and exceeding expectations and all of our guys since implementing this system like what do we go from in terms of like say if we've got a roadblock we used to just stop the job reschedule put it on their next day and then they would have to redo the notes or attach the attachments or whatever so that's called uh, reschedules so when we reschedule something yep. how many reschedules did we go from to so we're doing uh, I think it was it worked out about 14 a week back in the older system this is like little things like look job notes aren't quite right no attachments yeah callbacks all so, those things yeah in the about. space of the five day week I'd have to reschedule about 14 jobs a week on average and since implementing the system that's been reduced to two so crazy crazy amount <sighs> so it goes to show that once people understand why and understand the importance of all the little things yeah they can actually achieve it I think you know, it's not that, it's not in the fear of losing points or the um, reward of winning points isn't the driver here. It's the um, being transparent and really black and white about expectations. So once we did that and now it's, you know, all of these things are, I'm getting cramp in my leg. All of these things <laughs> are, um, you know, once you've, clearly outline these expectations and you can ask that question that Kirk said before you, have you been told this before is did you do it this way now and if you can do that for every inefficiency yeah but then it's, it's a really simple job for you you don't have to attach any emotion to dealing with those situations it's a very blunt yes black and white yes and no yeah boom boom and then at, at the end of that conversation it's very clear to whoever you're trying to um to tell or to highlight some some area of improvement for then everyone's on the same page they understand yep. exactly where you're coming from so yeah most people once they understand where the expectation line sits have no problems in meeting it the biggest thing i think with most businesses out there is that the expectation line is unclear and no one knows exactly what the expectation yeah. is. Yep. So you come into a new business, you come in as a new employee and you're, you just sort of pick up and try your best and do what you can and follow the lead of the other guys. But that doesn't mean that you've been shown where the expectation line is or how to, how to achieve higher or 
anything yeah. like that. You've yeah. just fallen into the mold of the people that are around you. Yeah. And if the people around you don't know where the expectation line sits or have a dis- disjointed view of where it might sit, yeah. then you come in with a lower expectation of what the what than what the business might expect of you. Yeah. And how do you take like how do you go from, you know, the expectation line for us it's eight points to like our guys hitting 14, 15, 16 points in the week. You know, it's like, boom, now that's successful. That's a successful electrician exceeding expectations by 200% sometimes yeah. <laughs> just because they're doing so awesome out there um, and not making mistakes. Because we've got other people, you know, sometimes might just get heaps of points, positive ones, but then heaps of negative ones as well, not fully understanding. So we've got to work with them to help boost those points up. Yeah. But yeah, that's been a real positive change for us. So how many hours have you got back? 12 a week. Well, it's probably, it's probably six or eight for me individually, but then that's doubled plus the time for the guys coming back. Got guys in the field, which then with, yes. the, with, those, with that extra time, that allows us to get more jobs done. And yep. that just fine tunes the efficiencies just a little bit more. It just grabs the cogs and just twists them up a little bit more and you get just, you extract just that little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So. And it allows me to finish the week similar to the way I feel now, which is I don't have to spend my time going around repairing minor issues that, that don't need to be there. Yeah. And do any of you guys know how you performed four weeks ago? Because our guys do, and it's all graphed and the table's there in the report. So you can actually, they can go back and go, look at my growth or look at my performance over time. And it's all graphed. And I've got an Excel copy for you if you're watching this now send me an email and I'm happy to send it through to you so you can model off of that with the graphs and all that sort of stuff so um, that's a little thank you for watching and, and being part of this but um, yeah so I think that was a pretty good discussion today on that whole yeah. score system score efficiency system works, yeah. and that's what's enabled you because to feel so good this week yeah. and to be able to get out in the tools and do those things and connect with the electricians. Because I'm not spending the majority of my time fixing minor errors. Yeah. And it also puts you in a position when you have a major error or a major problem that you feel more inclined just to pick it up and go and deal with it where you haven't been dealing with mundane small problems all week and then something big comes along and it breaks you. Like it yeah. can happen, so. Yeah, that's what I'm not sure. I'm gonna say Kirk's is so zen now. <laughs> so zen, whereas before, not so zen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, awesome. Hope you guys got a heap out of this session today. Inside response. Yeah, cheers. Awesome. Thanks, Kurt. High five. That was low five, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Where high were you high. going with that? I was super high, man. <laughs> I was right up the top. All right. See ya. See ya. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. Just a reminder, use the promo code P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast, all in capital letters, at checkout at the Electrician Success Academy to get a lifetime 10% off for being one of our awesome listeners here at the Electrician Success Podcast. Anyway, have a fantastic day. I hope you're crushing it out there and I'll see you in the next episode.